Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Guitar Nerds is sponsored by Neural DSP. And now Guitar Nerds listeners get 30% off all Neural DSP plugins with voucher code GUITARNERDS. Neural DSP create unique industry-leading guitar and bass plugins designed to make you sound exactly how you want without any sacrificing tone or dynamics. Their range includes signature plugin rigs available from some of the best modern guitarists in the world, like Corey Wong, Tosin Abassi, Adam Nolly Get Good, and Pliny. Plugins like Corey Wong's Archetype give you everything from crystal clear cleans and edge of breakup blues brashness, whilst the 14 series brings out all the crushing modern metal distortion you could possibly need. The point is that there's an amp here for every type of player, and with a 14-day free trial of any of the plugins at neuraldsp.com, with no credit card required, you can try before you buy and then purchase with the confidence that you're buying the right rig for you. And don't forget, enter code GUITARNERDS at the checkout for 30% off all Neural DSP plugins. Follow links in the description of this podcast or visit neuraldsp.com for more info. And welcome to the Ashdown Podcast. Uh, sorry, the Guitar Nerds Podcast. Outrageous. I am your host, Joe Branton, joined this week by by Matt Knight. I would have never got away with that. And Jay Cross. Smashdown. Yeah, I just thought I'd get it out of the way. Smashdown. <laughs> yes, yes. There we are. Welcome to the two hundred and eighty-fourth episode of the Guitar Nerds Podcast, dear listener. Um, Blink two eight four. Blink 284, yes, absolutely, a wonder, wonderful, wonderful band responsible mm. for all sorts of invader humbuckingness. Um, my yes. favourite songs, Slam It, and uh, yeah. watch my, what's my age? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, that's it, that's it. That's yeah, great. just, 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 yeah, Slam It. <sighs> okay, cool, well done. Well, anyway, yes, welcome to the podcast. Uh, this week... Now we're gonna we're gonna talk a bit more about effects. Last week was quite effects heavy, I think. But there's so much. I didn't listen. I wasn't there. No, I that's, didn't listen. That's that's I was thinking. I thought about listening today, but I didn't. I it don't really. Matter. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is that I only really. I, loads of people say, "Oh, I like working at home because, like, I listen to podcasts all day. Don't have to worry about blah blah." blah. I find it really difficult to listen to podcasts at home, and and actually, a lot of it is down to I don't get when people say. Oh, the thing I really like about podcasts is I can just sort of tune out whilst they're on and it doesn't matter if I miss anything. 
I'm completely the opposite. Like that's how I feel about music. When it's when I'm listening to a podcast, I need the entire narrative. If I miss something, I have to go back and re-listen. I re- and basically I only listen to podcasts now when I'm running. And yeah. um, there's just too much fantasy football stuff going on for me to waste my time listening to you lot. So oh, I've been yeah, just no, listening to fine. fantasy. Now that the Premier League's back in, I've been listening to fantasy football podcasts while I've been running. Oh, that's, um, that's, that's so smart. So yeah, that's basically, smart. sorry I didn't listen last week, but no, I'm no, sure it was. Cool. I'm sure it was rubbish. Yeah, it was fine. It was average. Mike Packham was on it, so it was you know. It well, was, I mean, what do you? Know, it was I'm just say mostly. No more. Say no more, Joe. No, exactly. Say no it was more. A sales pitch for the Patreon by Mark Packham for sort of forty-five <laughs> minutes, but <laughs> no, it wasn't. He was actually. It was actually lovely to have him back. It was the first time I'd spoken to him in in ages so it was, it was actually very nice to have him on the podcast but yes that's, that's not true we we all we all sat on the beach together last what? week yeah we did but that was uh, was that after or before? oh, oh no, maybe yeah, it was yeah that was after we'd recorded that podcast it was oh, lovely yeah. for, for us all to get together on the beach and drink a, f- a few brewskis uh, i did enjoy it hmm but, he says uh, drinking another brewski. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, actually, I, I tell you what, I've uh, um, I've started ordering my whiskey through uh, Flavia. Oh, here we go. It's, he's got his referral code ready yeah. to go. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> our nerd's drunk. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true, actually. If anyone does sign up to Flavia with my referral code, I get 50 pounds worth of credit in their online shop anyway i signed up to flavia and i was like this is going to be fantastic i don't need to order a a bottle of whiskey off of like the whiskey exchange this week brilliant that was that was two weeks ago now and it's still still there is no whiskey here so i've actually run out i'm drinking my backup which is rosé uh you know which is you could have at least made it a frosé enjoy the last of the summer yes yes Yes, I could. Anyway, um, yeah. So uh, the Guitar Nerds podcast, right? Well, I I announced, dear listener, on uh, on a on a Facebook group actually earliest day when we were recording it, uh, earliest day as we were recording this evening, um, that I am uh, I'm now uh, heading up the digital marketing for Ashdown Amplification, the British bass amp brand who I happen to have played for years, which is is very wonderful. But I thought it was it was important for me to be transparent about that. You know, just so that everyone can start accusing me of shilling them, even though I've played their amps for years. So, um, but, You've but yes, never I, talked about it on the podcast, Joe. <laughs> yeah, You've never yeah. talked about Ashdown. No, yeah, yes, exactly. I'm sure that's that's uh, what we'll get. I'm I'm glad there's nothing. Oh no, they do have the new bases released this year. So Gear of the Year is going to be super awkward. We don't have anyone who's impartial now, so it's. Uh, yeah, Gear of the Year is going to be a fun one. Um, but yes, I've actually been doing that for about a month, but um, I realised I hadn't told anyone that I was doing it, and so I, I thought I ought to. But uh, but yes, in the, is... in, the uh, in, in the interest of full disclosure, you know, yeah, it's good, exactly. to, good to be open. Exactly, exactly. But, um, you know, uh, it's great. They sent, me, they sent me loads of stuff, like five amps and two bases for me to mess around with here and, you know, come up with some Oh, that's good, because you, you actually don't have any basses or, <laughs> or amps. <laughs> actually, you don't, you don't have any Ashdown bass amps, do you? So that's, that's really handy. No, uh, yes. Yeah, they sent me five, and I had two already. And <laughs> I have three Ashdown cabs, and they sent me another cab. Um, but, yes, it's just... There's so much stuff here. I almost have one of everything in their catalogue now. Which is, All right, uh, send, send me the low rider. I'll, I'll, I'll look after that. I'll tell you what, I've been spending a lot of time on that low rider. I'm actually really into it. At first, you know, I, I sent my band the picture of the two bases. I've got the Saint in gold and the low rider in black. And I sent it to them and I was like, I'm going to start playing which one of these 
you know, it, is everyone okay with that? Because, you know, we're, we're quite a fu fussy bunch and none of them likes the lowrider. I think it's just extreme shapes are a bit of a no-no. Um, and so I was like, well, it's going to be the same. But I've been playing the lowrider more and more over the last couple of days. And I'm like, oh, I'm not sure I care what they think. I really like this this base. And I think I'm going to do what you suggested, Matt, and, and put some flat rounds on it. Yes. Because um, you played a red one with flat rounds. I did. And it was it great. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you know, I, I must admit, I, I'm I'm thinking about getting a base of some sort. You posted a picture of, uh, so I don't think you have any more, the 78 Music Master base. Oh, yeah, I do still have that, yeah. Do you? Oh, yeah, do you want it? Maybe I'll, maybe I'll want to buy it. Yeah, well, I mean, I can just long-term loan it to you. It's got um, it's it's got a lovely set of Labella flat rounds on it at the moment. I'll actually. cut those straight off. <laughs> <laughs> cut those straight off. I'm sure they're worthless. Um, you know, put a but, nice set of um, you know, hybrid sort of slinkies on. Or hybrid slinkies on. Yeah, yeah. You know, sort of unbranded ten-year-old guitar shop. <laughs> I, it was always the funny thing. I think you know, whenever we cleaned out the stock room. You know, after every every year, there'd always be an inevitable like, right, better take everything out, you know, clean it out. And there'd be like a squashed packet of strings from like 15 years ago, like <laughs> tucked away somewhere. And you'd be like, hmm, yep, don't put those ones on the shelf. <laughs> um, no. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah. I'd, yeah. Uh, I'm really keen to have a, a short scale bass and basically just be one of those guitar players that well, plays short scale bass i might like send it up to you it actually it needs some work at the moment because the uh the pickup oh, doesn't just... really work and with the yeah no I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna change the pickup the pickup's a bit muffed on it but it's uh do you remember on those music masters it's actually a strat pickup with a cover on it so it's a yes yeah, just a six pole strat pickup with a cover to make it look like a bass pickup on the old 70s music masters and actually that's the same that they do on the broncos today it is a strat pickup on the is squire it? bronco yeah if you take that cover off you'll see all the all the pole pieces in the wrong place but just you know because vintage correct vintage correct <laughs> exactly it has a very specific sound um but it's, it's, it doesn't sound great. And so I was like, well, I'm going to change the pickup in this. And you've, you know, there are obviously lots of great options out there um, for pickup alternatives, specifically for Music Master pickups as well. There are some companies that do great options. I'm sure I've mentioned it before, but James's Home of Tone even do a Squire Bronco upgrade set, which include um, a, uh, a pickup like a, a harness and a load of other stuff. What's the pickup huh. company that, that James does l lots with? Oh, I can't remember uh, the name. M oh. I want to say McNelly, but I'm yes, McNally. that's it. That is it. Isn't yes, it, it is McNelly. You're absolutely yeah. right. You're absolutely right. So it's um um yeah, because I was thinking Mother Mary, but I was like, no, that's the strap company he does. So it's McNelly. Yeah, you're right. Did we um, um did we ever talk about just on 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 James's home of tone? Did we uh -huh. ever talk about the fact that at one point there's a picture of it on, I think on his blog where he modded one of those mini jazz masters so it had like one oh, really? pickup and stuff no i didn't see that um mini jazz that must be really recent because those only came it, out it was yeah it was i think he yeah. got one like straight after after launch and then yeah basically uh sort of modded it so it had like a, a different bridge on it and yeah it was like one pickup had like a custom plate on it I'm where's like, the pickup oh. in the jazz master it was like bridge pickup or is it in the middle it was uh, a bridge pickup Oh, that's cool. That's very cool. I can't Why would it be in the middle? What's wrong I with you? I don't know, because it's a mini one. Maybe they're <laughs> just trying to make it a bit, you know, like a, a ukulele. They, it, where's the one pickup going to be on this <laughs> entry-level guitar? Are they putting it in the middle? <laughs> well, you, you know. Wally. Yeah, fine, fine. Okay. <laughs> 
But yeah, the um, that that does sound very cool. Yeah, the I, so I, I needed to change the pickup in this, and I was thinking I'll get your your guys' opinion on this. I was like, it's 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 a seventy seven seventy eight Music Master. It's it was black, but someone has sort of repainted the wear at some point with what looks like by throwing a bottle of um, nail polish at it because there's like drip lines <laughs> all over the place where the finish is sort of dried dried onto it. So it's yeah, Music Masters in good condition. Seventies Music Masters go for a, a, about a thousand pounds. This is far from being in in good condition, and the tuners are a bit busted. Like if I really wanted to either sell it or take it seriously as an instrument, I'd have to change those as well. I've already changed the bridge because the bridge had rusted. So you know, this is far from being a a sort of premium sale or retaining its money. So I was like, well. The pickup. You got that, it quite cheap as well, didn't you? I, I did get it very cheap. Yeah, I bought it for like four hundred pounds. This is what yeah. I spoke about it on the podcast. You know, ages ago, probably like a year ago when I got it. But this turned up in a bin liner. Yeah, someone sent it through the post in a bin liner. So it's uh, it's <laughs> remarkable that the tuners are still attached. To be honest, and that the neck isn't snapped. But I guess you know shows how robust his old 70s fenders were. But so I was thinking, because there's no real money in it, I didn't invest that much in it, so I don't mind it being a bit of a project. Should I actually get a different pickup fitted, as in should I have it rooted for something a bit better? You know, because those, those the the tiny Music Master pickups, they do limit what I can get, even when it comes to the, the replacement pickups for it. They're kind of great pickup companies doing the best that they can with... You know, trying to wind a strap, a bass pickup into a strap sort of shape, you know, thing. So, so yeah. What what do you think? Do I do I stick with that to to keep it all original, or should I get a bigger pickup and maybe fit like a put a humbucker in it? You think? Uh, yeah, uh, Invader. like a Fidelitron pounder. Oh, no, okay, there we go. Uh, no, I I, I think um, a, I think if it's a bit of a project and it's never going to be like. It's never going to be a mint condition one, is it? No. I think you might be better off. Yeah, just go for it. You know, why don't you just, you know, put a different pickup in it? Um, you know, sort of mod it a bit. Maybe even like, you know, depends how long you want to, how, you know, your time frame. But yeah, you could like strip it, get it refinished, spend yeah. a bit of time on it. And it's just a nice little personal, uh, personal project. Well, that's kind I of I just it. think it's important to make sure that like you're not, going mad for the sake of going mad like right, yeah. if you're gonna if you're gonna do something mad make sure that like you are actually going to play it that's what i would say because yeah. otherwise because otherwise you'll regret it because this isn't like just doing mod mode with a with you know a 150 quid guitar or whatever this yeah. is something that you know and maybe this is maybe this is me being a bit too wet about things but like even if you're not in, incredibly attached to it something of that age might mean something to someone if you were to sell it at some point do you know what i mean and like oh, completely point Jay. completely changing it just for the sake of having a laugh when you're then going to be like oh well i'm not going to sell this i'm not going to play this i'm not going to sell it whatever he was going to give it to me i was hoping he'd do all of that hard work <laughs> and then be like yeah i'll give it to you on long-term loans i'm not using it well yeah F- but you, like 50 <laughs> years later podcast episode six thousand. Or whatever. Be like, oh, I had this old music master. It's like, Jeff, I still got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, celebrating the hundredth anniversary of the uh, of that guitar. <laughs> of guitar nerds. Um, no, I just, I just think if you're gonna, you know, if you're gonna do something 
mad just make sure that it's like if you're going to put like a mud bucker in it just make sure that is yeah. exactly what you want to do um, otherwise just like get it back up to spec and like you know yeah. you don't care what it looks like not really do you the, like, the mud you know? the mud bucker was the obvious change yeah. for me um was to maybe get a, like a a mud bu- bucker fitted in the in the neck where it would be in like a gibson ebo God, sounds awful and get a new a new scratch plate fitted that covers up sort of the hole where the original pickup would be in the middle. But, um, yeah, but yeah, just I get a P-Base pickup, mate. Just get a P-Base pickup. I did think about there. that as well. I did think about that as well. I love the idea of a reversed P- P-Base pickup um, yeah. in, in a Music Master. It would be very cool. It would kind of make it look a bit similar to those new modern uh, player series um, Mustangs that are kicking around at the moment. But we'll see. We'll see. I'm not sure. I'm not 100% on it yet, but it is, uh, it is definitely cool. Anyway, anyway, um, moving moving on from that. Matt, you lent me an MD200 I did. Uh, last Tell week. Tell me all about it, Joe. Kind of want the full pitch. Okay, fantastic. First time I've spent any time with a Boss MD200. The, uh, for dear listener, the MD200 is the, is the smaller, the 200 series um, multi-modulation pedal. Uh, by Boss. So, of course, you had this originally in the 500 series, which is the big, long, wide pedal. This, the the 200 chassis, I'm a big fan of because it's, you know, it's top-mounted jacks, which is is great for actually getting on a, you know, a complex pedal board. Um, it's it's MIDI compatible with this new mini jack thing that, that Boss are doing. I guess it's not that new anymore that you guys are doing mini jack, but I thought that was kind of interesting and cool. It kind of... Uh, I was surprisingly into it. So a thing that I've never got on with that Boss have done is Boss phasers. I've never been a, a big fan of those. Not not that they're bad, just comparatively. I think, you know, growing up on like phase 90s and stuff like that, is there are Boss phasers are a very different type of sound. Both the phaser and the vintage phaser on the MD200 are absolutely incredible. And just the fact that you can blend in like um, another effect on them. So I can like add a fuzz to the phaser, um, which I don't fully understand yet. Can you explain that to me at all? Uh, no, I'm not, really. I'm not, no. I'm not 100% sure what what you've done, Joe. Have you just got a broken one? No, no, it's no, got like a, I can, I can add break. like a, I can add like a drive effect to the uh, It might the be, phase. um, uh, I would have to uh, remind myself very quickly. No, it's it's uh, totally fine. I, I'm, I'm basically, you in the deep end. what um, what we try to do with all the two hundreds is obviously go down a little bit more of the uh, Strymon route, I guess, in in some ways to, to oversimplify it. But where the DD five hundred, the MD, and the RV five hundred were, you know, super in depth, and you know, you just like with everything from Boss, you can tweak to the nth degree. I think we wanted something that was a little bit more hands-on and kind of easier to dial in yeah um so what we did was on the md200 was just give you three parameter controls which are vary depending on yes. uh, what effect you're on um so that's right and on the on the phaser that first parameter control whilst it's a rotary it just flicks between two settings and one of them says like i think fu Oh wait, maybe it was just having a. I assumed it meant fuzz. Yeah, no, but, uh, the uh, the vintage phaser um, it has a inbuilt distortion. So yes, yeah. you can uh, you can add a bit of uh, drive, and you can adjust that drive and tone. But uh, yeah, you've got a, a kind of standard boss phaser um, and sort of those ones which are 
you you can control like the resonance and the manual. Yeah. But that particular vintage phaser, because it's going down for more of that phase ninety vibe, you've got an inbuilt uh, sort of distortion in there as well. Yeah. I, I um, thought it was. I thought that specifically was was absolutely gorgeous. The vintage phaser, like a really as a big phaser fan, I would be hard pushed to find something that I'd rather have on my board than that vintage phaser tone from Boss. Mm. Also. First time I've like it's got a CE one chorus on it, and I was I was playing around with that, and I was like, oh my goodness, I really I really like this sound, and and the CE one's kind of one of those pedals that passed me by. I never really tried it when Boss released it, like I never got hold of one from Boss, and I never you know tried one in a shop or anything like that. So I'm aware of its heritage, but I was just kind of like, yeah, it's this cool thing. It's a it's a cool chorus. But it's the first time I've actually been able to try like a CE1 style chorus properly and really sort of take it to town and I was like after a while I was like I'm really enjoying this. And I use either the Dimension C a lot or I use my Strymon Deco which has a a sort of a chorus setting on it. And so I decided to sort of ABC the the three pedals to see which one I I preferred, and I was surprised to find that I enjoyed the C one the most. Um, the 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 Dimension C, as much as I love it, is a little all or nothing um, because of the you know the lack of any rotary controls, and I quite like a subtle chorus. Um, and the C one was just like gorgeous, rich, lush, very vintage sounding, not too cheesy. Um, I just I had a wonderful time and just then you know the fact that you've thrown a slicer in there as well for me was um, was wonderful the vibrato obviously fantastic because it's a VB2 but having access to a slicer mm. um, and uh, obviously slicer is now discontinued mm. um, it's so, part of the MS3 right the slicer uh, yes that effect yeah. it does appear in other things I mean the um, again C1 I think is great um, that's like one of, of the first isn't it Yes, yeah, so interesting story about the C1. So before Boss became um that you know released the compact, we had the C1. Um and then obviously Roland were making, you know, the AG5 and the B bar and all these other sort of crazy big pedals. I'm just going to pretend I know what any of that stuff yeah, is. Yeah, basically <laughs> sure. I, what what we would say sort of uh, what we classed as BC or before compact. Um, and yeah, there was <laughs> D- DC, C1, um, uh, we had the DM1, stuff like that. But the C, the, what was interesting, the C1 was it was the chorus circuit from the JC120 in a box um, <laughs> that you could obviously that was originally designed for I, I guess it was designed for guitar players but it never really sold that well on launch so this was 1975 um, and they were backlogged on you know just they had loads of stockpiling up that like, I can't sell it um, obviously you know wasn't in as there wasn't as many dealers um, of, of Boss and Rolling Gear back then. There wasn't obviously as many music shops, but um, it wasn't until Herbie Hancock was pictured in like Jazz Piano Monthly or something um, in America. And next to his, um, I think he had like a Rhodes or something like that. Next to that was a C1. And everyone was like, oh my God, like the secret to his piano sound was a CE1. And all of a sudden, they went from selling nothing to 18 months' worth of stock, like, overnight. Wow. Um, and that basically, like, pumped enough money 
into the company to make more and then obviously to develop other products. But um, there's quite a lot of people er mod the early CE ones because the, the pot and the preamp inside is is more geared towards a piano rather than a guitar. Hmm. Um, but yeah, really interesting how... And I guess you still get that now in some ways, but yeah, it was, it was almost like a commercial failure. Um, and then, uh, then 40 sort of, years later, you're still pushing that influencer marketing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, really very little has changed from that side of things. You know? <laughs> I think um, it's interesting because Roland's got a lot of those sort of products that came out that were sort of happy accidents that end up mm. like creating a genre like the 303 for like... Mm -hmm acid and and all of that and it's just like yeah they were it was supposed to be a bass it was supposed to be a virtual bass player for people who played organ in like music halls mm. it's like yeah you can play organ and then you can have your 606 doing the drums and your 303 doing the bass it's like no one no one wanted them they were terrible and then you know some people in chicago went oh if i turn the resonance all the way up it makes this really funny sound and then if i put a drum beat over it there we go, Acid House. Um, and now they're two and a half grand for, for one box. <laughs> yeah. um, but then but then it's the same with, like, the AOA, isn't it? Yeah. Like, Africa Bombata yeah. and all the stuff that he did with that. Yeah. And, and like, um, pushing, the, pushing the 80s hip-hop stuff. I mean, I, I, you know, my knowledge of this is pretty limited, but, like, I watched... I've watched that 808 documentary that's on Amazon Prime and I've watched that Hip Hop Evolution documentary that's on Netflix, I think, and they talk a lot about the 808 and my understanding is, like, Africa was the guy who kind of pushed that. Yeah. Um. So, you know, like like you say, I, I can't imagine they ever intended the uh, 808 to, you know, launch this whole new... Uh, yeah, and I guess... Um... You know, if you, if we think about it in terms of guitars, I mean, Les Paul, you know, discontinued yeah. in 1960 because no one wanted one. And then all of a sudden, you know, Eric Clapton's on the front cover of this John Mayer record and everyone's like, my God, he's playing a Les Paul. I've got to go and get one. And, you know, even I more mean, modern, the Clon, you know, they, they've been out for years. They were expensive, sure, compared to a lot of other things on the market. But then you get people like... John Mayer's got one of his pedal and everyone's like, got to have a clon. Yeah, I guess you know, so. Dumbles. It's it's that sort of thing, isn't it? A lot of the time, you know, these products, you know, take that kind of form and they sort of just bob along and then all of a sudden they become like massive staples of like guitar playing or musical history. Yeah. Yeah. Going on now at Guitar Centre, the Ernie Ball Great Gear Giveaway, where one lucky winner will win over $50,000 in prizes from Ernie Ball Music Man, SKB, Electro Voice, Dynacord, Pedal Train, Vic Firth, Latin Percussion, Zildjian, Tune Track, Guitar Centre, DNA Guitar Gear, DW, Remo, TC Electronic, Blue Microphone, Universal Audio, Ampeg, Orange Amplifiers, JHS Pedals, Korg, Martin Guitars and Ernie Ball. To enter, find codes inside selected packs of Ernie Ball strings in Guitar Center stores and at guitarcenter.com between now and October 30th. US residents only. Visit ernieball.com slash greatgeargiveaway for full official rules. Ernie Ball presents the Great Gear Giveaway. Going on now, only at Guitar Center. 
This episode of Guitar Nerds is brought to you by Shergold Guitars and their latest electric guitar, The Provocateur. Celebrated by Total Guitar Magazine as one of the most refined single cuts on the market with endlessly satisfying playability and a flawless set of tones. The Shergold Provocateur combines remarkable specification with a retro vibe for a unique and bona fide rock guitar. From the brand that once powered the likes of Joy Division and is now championed by modern guitar pioneers and So I Watch You From Afar and many others comes a fresh and exciting range of electric guitars. Designed by legendary British guitar luthier Patrick James Eggle and featuring a roasted mahogany neck and a solid mahogany body loaded with USA-made Seymour Duncan pickups, it's easy to see why Guitarist Magazine officially voted the provocateur one of the best electrics of 2019. You can find your nearest Shergold dealer at shergoldguitars.com. And if you're not in the UK, don't fear. Many UK-based Shergold dealers have super awesome international shipping options to guarantee your Shergold will make it to you in the most far-flung of places. Proudly stand out from the crowd and discover yours today at shergoldguitars.com. Shergold Guitars. Be your own original. Now I've been, uh, we've been sent uh, a, a guitar uh, this week from uh, Stuart at SBC uh, Guitars, Scatterbrain Concepts. Now I've I've had Stuart on a on a uh, Friday special episode of the Guitar Nerds podcast before, and um, he makes extraordinarily sort of ergonomically minded, very wooden, uh, you know, instruments, uh, very, you know. Woody. Very wooden. Yeah, you know they are very. That doesn't woody. sound very complimentary. <laughs> no, <I've got> it <laughs> <me at> this. <laughs> you know there are there is lots of wood going on. It's all about the wood. Um, but he he sent me this guitar that we talked about a bit on the Friday special. Uh, this guitar, um, the Cygnus that he built for the Holy Grail guitar show uh, that obviously didn't go ahead this year, and it was the was the last one. But it was part of this Holy Grail reclaimed wood project where you had to make everything out of uh out of kind of reclaimed wood so that's cool yeah it was very cool and i thought he it was it was the design that he went for this this sort of uh it's it's you'll have to i'll pop, pop the link uh in the description of the podcast dear listener you have to see it because it's impossible to describe but incredibly ergonomic and modern in design fan fretted very sort of short scale incredibly lightweight and the body almost looks leafed, like the like turning pages of a of a book, and uh, it's, and it's and, madness. It yeah, it's absolute it's, madness. It's crazy. You you should see the inside of it because he's designed it with sort of reeds inside the guitar to make it more resonant, hmm. um, which is just an incredible sort of work of engineering more than you know anything else. Um, but so the the guitar's made from the body and pickup covers. And the fretboard, a Brazilian mahogany from a Victorian countertop. The neck is 70s Sapella from Stuart's own childhood home. And the top oh. is uh, Scots Pine from a Victorian roof rafter. Um, and the headstock's some 70s oak. Uh, but it's just, the, it's the most outrageous instrument for, for sort of incredible... Uh, sort of workmanship. He even he wound the pickups himself as well, and they're uh, um, yeah. Did they're, I read the bobbins? Victorian mahogany. Are, yeah, the bobbins of the pickups are even 
made of wood, which is yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the the cavity cover on the back was made from a plate found in a charity shop, and the uh, the inlay material is all recycled wire. Um, but it's just it's just such an incredible like. Uh, I just can't believe this instrument's been been made. It's such a wonderful work of art, and there's so much attention to detail in kind of every aspect of it. Uh, obviously, it's it's very very modern for for is sort it, of my um, taste. Is it for sale? <laughs> I don't. I, I assume he is selling it. He loves it very very much. I think I think this was a, a massive undertaking for Stuart. Yeah, I mean, it um, looks uh, it looks pretty. Yeah. Not that it was just like pieced together, but so much thought just in terms of yeah. uh, of just the actual design. I mean, it's yeah, madness. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The the it, on the inside, on the underside of the, but behind that top, um, the body's kind of sort of semi hollowed with a large center block, but the reeds are less than a millimeter um, to help sort of amplify the acoustic sound. Um, you know, whilst keeping the sort of solid, solid block idea, um, but it's just such an incredible instrument. I, I just think an absolute work of art. And Stuart, obviously, SBC guitars make custom, completely custom guitars. So anything anyone wants to design. And if this is your bag, if sort of something incredibly unique and specific, and and sort of ergonomic and modern is your bag, then Stuart and SBC guitars are absolutely the place to to look at dear listener because uh i was i was incredibly impressed with this guitar it's you know it's it's uh it's the sort of thing that needs to be played properly and of course what i'm going to do is put it in a funny tuning tuning play a couple of chords with uh, loads of shimmer <laughs> reverb on it but nonetheless I'm, I'm going to enjoy doing that um but it is a i can uh i can just hear the uh my shop brain is going into overdrive and i can just hear the uh the warranty request being like hello there yes i'm afraid i dropped the guitar and um <laughs> i have split the fourth reed from the left um can you please supply me with a warranty replacement fourth reed from the left yeah that's uh that yes that's exactly what's going to happen I and mean, this guitar is very important Stuart. he was very like a uh, uh, sort of on the phone to me as as soon as you know it was on the day that it was supposed to arrive so i think this uh <laughs> he, he he was, That's mad. He, I, I mean, yeah, he clearly, he's not happy he letting clear, it out of his sight. He clearly doesn't know you. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't lend you a fiver, let alone no, a guitar exactly. that I'd... Uh... I mean, it's just lent up against a wall right now, to be honest. <laughs> it's just that the radiator's not on, is it? <laughs> Always. <laughs> <laughs> yes, anyway, an, an absolutely wonderful guitar, so well, well worth checking out. Um, now, uh, we, there's a couple more bits, but I, I'd like us to talk about some news because we've got some incredibly interesting bits of news to talk about in this, which is something of a, an effects special. So uh, let's do That's the news. Every- you want? What? That's every what? episode is an effects special. Uh, not no. You, yes, this year, just because it seems like effects companies. What do you mean are... this year? All we ever do is get grief from people saying, "Oh, you don't talk, talk about, about enough effects, about yeah. guitars. All you talk you about is pedals. You don't talk about old blues amps and Stratocasters enough." No. <laughs> but actually, only only half of the podcast hosts even really use effects pedals, so it's. It's a, it's a wonder that we managed <laughs> yeah, to get these things past. I barely play guitar anymore. I'm only, I'm only here for... <laughs> I've grandfathered into this role. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Anyway, here let's do the news. So, uh, first up on the, on the news... Um, 
news. I guess let's let's start with the the uh, the elephant in the room, um, the Strymon Dark Sky. Yes, I don't I don't know which one of you is doing this. I, one. <laughs> well, I th- I thought it was uh, is what's going to be interesting is that there must be some sort of spy in the world of guitar effects because not just one company have released reverb pedals, but three. No, that's true. Yes, la- we should deal with them all at once, in, I guess, in, shouldn't in the we? La- in the last week. Um, all very different, you know, in, in their ways. But I think... Um, Did Boss not get the memo when you released the OC5? <laughs> no. Yeah, we're like, oh, Octave? Oh, no. Yeah, what were we thinking? <laughs> that doesn't sound like reverb at all. Um, yeah, well, well, we'll talk about the Strymon first. So... Yeah, Strymon were teasing this for about a week um, before the product release date. Actually, came out the same day as the uh, <laughs> as the new Boss Octave, which I'm sure we'll talk about at some point. Um, yes. But yeah, just interestingly, how are we interesting we go from six months of nothing to a point where loads of companies end up doing things at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yes, the Strymon Night Sky, the time warped reverberator. Um, it's got a nice picture of a, an astronaut on the on the uh, on the front of their homepage. <laughs> this this thing is kind of a bit mad, um, kind of genius. It is effectively a shimmer reverb. It, to, to put it simply, a, a shimmer reverb, but it does so much more than that. Um, but then you would do is shimmer reverb well you've got the El Capistan which is like their tape delay with reverb and you've got the Big Sky um, which is obviously it's a bit of everything you know plates and springs and halls and, and shimmer but this is yeah on, on the front of it and if you listen to demos you'd think shimmer reverb but actually once you dive in a bit more it uh, it opens up to be something a bit crazy um so you've got a reverb algorithm that then can be affected in a multitude of different ways so you've got a um modulation control um first of all so there's a mod i would say section so speed depth and then different shapes uh which which affect the um which affect the reverb. You've then got a decay section. So what's interesting here is you've got different, um, you've got obviously got your length and then your size and pitch um, for the reverb tail, but you can give up different texture options. So things like sparse, dense, and diffuse. Ooh, um, so these, these are sort of like your ambient control. So for example, that a, diffu- that's a lot of depth. To the sort of there's a lot there. of depth yes it is uh, in an insane amount so basically you've then got um yeah like sparse for example is a granular sounding reverb um dense is a more plate like reverb and diffuse is a slow building atmospheric wash oh uh, i have one of those most it. mornings I would, yeah, <laughs> I would have just called it the eno um and then you've got a quantize control so quantize selects the response and range of the um size slash pitch control um to variously and continuously change the pitch over a two and a half octave range um and you can make that quantize smooth half step or in a uh, in a scale which i thought was quite interesting tone control um so there's a low pass filter um or there's a regen filter that takes off some of the high ends as the reverb tail cycles through the tone oh. control oh 
Then uh, then we get into the voice section, which oh. is pretty mad. Um, so, yeah. yeah, you can basically select the interval of the shimmer effect. Um, that goes, you've um, you've got octave down, second, fourth, fifth, and then the same up. Uh, and then what's quite cool is you can have that on the input, so everything is affected by that, or just the reverb trails. Oh, my God. And uh, they've invented, I say invented, I mean, they've basically created, you know, everyone's heard of shimmer, but have you heard of? Glimmer, Glimmer. Uh, which is basically their new their new take on Shimmer. So Glimmer creates a harmonically enhanced spectrum from the reverb output. Um, so you can basically engage the Glimmer control. They've even put a little bit of drive in there. So it's basically a bit of everything. Wow! Um, that but is... rather than like I'm going to dial in a you know 63 Fender Spring reverb, it's like no. No, you're going to no, dial in the set. <laughs> you're going to dial in the sound of ambience and the ever expanding universe. That is the um, most amount of depth anyone's ever gone into an ambient. Well, this is this is the thing. Like, this is obviously delay. aimed really at shoegazers. Um, yeah, I think you know. I, I think this is not just guitar players and pedal boards. This is definitely a studio tool. But what is crazy and this. I'm sure I don't know if I still really get this or not. And I've, I've watched a few videos. And I'm like, this is just where they've taken it to madness level. Um, it's got a sequencer in it. <laughs> so you can sequence going through. There's eight preset buttons on the front. Um, so you can have eight presets there. And then you can dial in another between uh, one to eight. And then if you change the color... Uh, you can go between 9 to 16. And in sequence mode, you can use these buttons to enable or disable the step for the sequence and set size and pitch for each step. So, yeah, you can basically have, like, a sequenced reverb. So you can sequence through all those voices and the different modulations. But you can also, uh, like, morph between settings. Uh, I've, I've seen some just bizarre stuff. It is just... Yeah, I, I guess it's just a bit a bit of madness, really. Um, I can't, yeah, I can't tell if it's just some, just over the top or just absolutely genius. Yeah. Um, and it, I guess going down the lines of the uh, hologram electronics, you know, the infinite jets, and you know, sort of taking a leaf out of those sort of products and going, we can do something. Yeah. That gives you, uh, you know, everything. Yeah. They they basically describe it as the reverberant synthesis machine. So Night Sky is a reverberant synthesis workstation and a powerful hands-on experimental sound design platform. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Um, I mean, I, th- I think it's interesting, you know, you, you mentioned the fact that a couple of companies have released reverb pedals um, this week. But when you were talking about, when you were just describing that and saying, you know, this is them trying to do something a lot more kind of expansive. It's not just like a regular reverb pedal. You're not saying, oh, I want to sound like, uh, you know, like a 63 reverb or, you know, a 65 reverb or I want to sound like this particular plate or anything. When you were describing that, the thing that kind of ironically it reminded me of was the Eventide Black Hole, which was really the first one of the first pedal of that kind of type that I really kind of came across. And the, the problem with that was when it first came out, which was, you know, I mean, probably 2009, 2010, something mm. like that, was it? Maybe even earlier. It was so prohibitively expensive. It was so expensive. You know, we're talking 10 years ago. That pedal was like 400 quid. Yeah. And I mean, that's that's expensive even now. And pedals are expensive now. But, you know, the the funny thing with that is, of course, um, Eventide released a new version of the black hole (laughs) (laughs) which which you know is interesting because it kind of goes it's almost going the other way from what strymon are doing with the um uh the dark sky yeah because the the, the black hole already exists right well the black hole did already exist it was it was in the larger eve and actually sorry we matty i don't think you mentioned that the um the the uh dark sky comes in a similar, if not the same, chassis to the Volante. Yes, yes, and just uh, just to be clear, night sky, dark what did sky. I say? Oh, sorry, no, it's because I wrote dark sky in the uh, oh, in, in, right. the, in the okay. comments, sky. but it's called night sky. I'm sorry, uh, yes, yes, that was my yes. fault. So basically, they've basically taken the same chassis as the uh, yes, as the Volante. Um, right, gotcha. <clears throat> but, but yeah, yeah so cool. I'm the, interested. So the original black hole was that sort of size. So it was like the. It was like right. the larger version of the Eden, Eventide pedal, so if you're familiar with the uh, time factor and the mod factor and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And it was, but it, yeah, they, it was just so prohibitively expensive. And um, the new one is is almost almost looks like it was made by Strymon because <laughs> it's in that kind of uh, like flint size box, you know, the class or like a blue sky size box, two foot switches, just a handful of, uh, controls, a few presets, you know, actually looks super simple. And if the, uh, if the, if this sounds anything like the, uh, some of the sounds that you could get from that black hole, I mean, this is just going to be an absolute game changer because I loved that pedal. I absolutely loved that pedal. It was so amazing. I mean, just to kind of to to like, there's some. They've really got the they've got the name right. Black hole. I mean, that's fantastic. On the website, on the page, 
for this, they've actually got a quote from Carl Sagan, which again, even more just like pushing <laughs> this into into the territory so you know what you're dealing with here. Um, I don't know what the price is. Uh, it's, it's, oh, it's actually it's it's $280 US. Yeah, yeah I think uh, it's listing in UK stores at 279 I think. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, so it's, it's still the top end of what you would expect to pay for a kind of quote-unquote compact reverb pedal but it's still you know that's by no means is it like a bonkers amount of money especially considering how expensive the the original black hole was and it really was such a fantastic effect such a great sound and um just it, it was just so expensive that and it came out at a time when people weren't used to spending that sort of money on pedals so i'm really excited about this i think i think this will be very very cool and i think it's uh i think it's great that even tired of doing it because you know I, i've had a couple of conversations with people about this pedal and that's what that's what everyone buys the h9 for yeah to, absolutely yeah, absolutely do you use much more on yours matt other than i, I use a bit of it i actually use a bit of everything on mine it's a oh, real um swiss army knife i mean i use it for like reverbs bit of delay um some of the modulation stuff if i'm not you know covering it with a with an individual pedal but yeah the amp you know the ambient algorithms i mean bear in mind as well that when the you know the um the bigger uh even tide pedal was it called the black hole the yeah it was one? the black hole yeah yeah um you know yes that was like yeah nearly 500 quid you've got to remember that for the people when that first came out, the only time they'd been able to get that algorithm before was in an Eventide H9000 rack unit that was eight grand. So, you know, to have that in a pedal and now to have it in something that, you know, you can do that ambient thing from Eventide without having to buy an H9 and download the algorithm mm-hmm. or buy an H9 Max and have it in there. Oh, I think that's, um, I think that's, that's, inc- that's incredible. Um, and I remember when the original one came out, uh, Mike Hermans, who's a great uh, demonstrator on YouTube. Uh, he, I think it just goes under Mike Hermans, but his sort of uh, other name is Pop to the Chemist. Uh, he demo he demoed it um, with um, okay. he demoed it with um, music for airports. Nice. <laughs> so he like the greatest, record, up, the greatest record of all time yeah brian eno's music for airports so he picked up that riff and demoed that that and i was like i'm sold basically even yeah, if i mean it doesn't pedal, it doesn't take much does it let's be honest i mean that was that was kind of like hyper targeted <laughs> at you and me matty yeah exactly <laughs> um and uh yeah i i think this is great i think now you know this the couple of sort of big contenders i would say have entered the arena a new challenger um, has entered the arena yeah for, for ambient stuff because a lot of the times you know it was more boutique companies you know much smaller maybe taking old blood noise you know and they're sitting there in their program dsp they're a much smaller team and you know they've got the kind of freedom to take the risk as it were to kind of do something a bit more wacky and a bit more out there yeah you know things like the minim or, or the rever mm-hmm. and uh now you've suddenly got like yeah, Strymon are like, well, you know, I think we can have a go at that. And then, you know, just really take it to the max. And then even tied to gone, we've got the algorithms. Why don't we just put it in a in a pedal? Because obviously the problem with using an H9 is you've got to edit it with the app. Realistically, it's very difficult to sort of edit on the pedal itself. Um, or you've got to have that massive, you know, old school one. Yeah. Um, so I think this is a great option and I reckon this is the start from Eventide this is the start for them to do a few more of their sort of top 
algorithms, I reckon, in, in a smaller compact. I, I reckon we'll see more of those. Um, mm. I'm, I'll be excited to see this. I was yeah. uh, I was I was thinking about buying my guitarist Tim a big like an ambient reverb pedal um for for his birthday and I, I, you know I've been I've been trying to work out what to get because I'm I'm a big fan of the the plateau and the double tank which are two of the line 6 helix reverbs but they're both based on the big sky shimmer and the and the big sky plate mod uh, sort of respectively um, so I've been kind of d- trying to think. I was like, do, do I? I don't really want to spend all the money on a big sky. They're still very expensive. Um, so I've been trying to think of other things that would do massive, ambient, expansive sounds. Uh, might, yeah, might, might well be worth a yeah, shout. And um, not only <laughs> have uh, Strymon and Eventide uh, released a reverb pedal, we've also got some updated ones from New Neighbor as well. So. Um, New Neighbor had the Wet Reverb, which has been out for quite a while, um, but they've always been um, updating it. A few other people might remember it from... They had a series of pedals that you could plug in a uh, USB cable and you could update it to any one of their other range. So if you bought their reverb, you could turn it into their chorus. Or you, oh, I love that. Uh, which is cool. Which they there was a cool idea, but I think they've sort of realized that actually we weren't really selling anything apart from just like the blank one. <laughs> um so there's been in a few adjustments since then but they've brought out uh three new pedals the wet uh what they call the elements series um so the wet reverb which is the version five now um the seraphim shimmer which is the version two and uh the echelon echo which is also the version two so those ones they have removed the ability to um kind of alter these into any pedal you want they're a little bit more sort of straightforward um but the wet was a fantastic uh ambient reverb um as well they've also added love that it's so simple in in, you know in comparison to everything else we've talked about i had one for a little bit and i thought it was um it was wicked it was really really good you know just some really sort of immerse sort of just full-on reverbs that didn't really take over your whole signal it's just sort of a nice wash in the um in the background and uh yeah they've actually added in a uh, reverb from their immerse 2 which is their sort of really big full-on sort of ambient reverb right um and these ones 199 dollars. so i think this one's a real real <sighs> good one for people as well yeah that's i mean that's a fantastic price and they all look i'm quite interested in their little shimmer i like that it's dead simple just with a mixed depth and shimmer uh yeah i think um i'm just trying to where did i have it here um yeah so we were talking about this just before we started so obviously the neuron was their their intelligent gain pedal which came out i think nam last year the tri-chorus and the immerse which has got is their like multi-mode reverb everything else looks like it's being discontinued or sold out and then this element series takes over um i think which is i guess maybe a slight shame if they've taken it off but the old ones had like a cat 5 cable input and that's where you could plug in their foot switch um so their foot switch allowed you to um to basically have six presets on board and you could like morph between them um, with an expression pedal, but it looks like they have taken that 
off the new ones, which is a little bit of a shame because um, that was a very, very cool feature. You could basically, yeah, switch between eight different uh, eight different types of effects. So you could have, like, you could program the chorus into a delay and the reverb into a, you know, chorus or whatever. This one allowed you to actually have all four programmed into one, and then Ooh. you could switch between them, and then you could morph between the two presets, which I thought was very cool. Oh, that's very cool. Um, but I think they've probably... Yeah, especially at that, that price in, point, they've, yeah. they've uh, simplified everything. Yeah, I think in favour of um, maybe something a little bit simpler. Mm. That's just again maybe down the similar route of the Eventide, just uh, going. Uh, I'm, let's I pick tell out what, the things that are popular and uh, and make them into a nice little pedal. I'm more excited about the Eventide and these new neighbours than I am the the Strymon Night Sky, just because that Strymon just that that was a lot of controls for me. To it looks very to, overwhelming. Like I said, I think it's definitely a little bit more of a studio tool i think in some yeah ways. yeah for sure I, I love that you can hone in the sound to that much but i kind of feel especially with things like shimmer reverbs and this is just a, a personal thing listener i like the pedal to be like this is how i sound and and then i'm just controlling you know more or less like how much of it <laughs> you want with i want i want the pedal to have this in the same way that a drive you know has different drives have their own different flavor i want the reverb to be the thing offering that i don't necessarily want to be controlling every single last fragment of the sort of capabilities of the of the pedal so i'm i'm very much into the simplicity of the eventide that that for me has been my, my the winner for me out of the out of these ones yeah i think um just looking at some some of the dealers you know they stock a lot of different pedals now um yeah, actually, just just as a quick correction, because uh, I thought I'd just double check. Eventide, it wasn't called the black hole; it's called the space. Five hundred nineteen. That was. The, oh, that you're was, right. That was the yeah. The and, black but the hole. algorithm was the black hole. Black hole. The algorithm yeah. was black hole. Uh, the space did a bit of everything. Still available now at five hundred and nineteen oh. pounds. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah, completely. Yeah. What, what so it? yeah, in that you get room, plate, spring, hall, reverse. Shimmer, mod, echo verb, dual verb, black hole, mangled verb, tremolo verb, mangled verb. verb. Yes, oh. actually, my um, my favourite one on the H nine. There's an algorithm that's just on the H nine called the space time, which is delay, reverb, and chorus all in one algorithm. Which I think oh, is pretty see. nuts. Um, but yeah, just a a quick uh top level reverb roundup. Um, just uh, on a dealer here. So you've basically got the space at 519, Big Sky at 449, Empress Reverb Pedal, also fantastic, 445, Night Sky, 439. Uh, one that we haven't spoke about a lot, which is the Seymour Duncan Dark Sun, 399. Yeah. And one thing that's popped into shops very recently, which loads of people have been raving about, and I'm super tempted myself, is the um, the Rooms from Death by Audio, which is another one this Ooh. year so i think gear of the year is going to be very it's going to be the reverb the competition reverb pedal of the year maybe that's a separate category because they're um (laughs) all all four of that well a couple of those have definitely come out this year and uh yeah that that black uh, that room's reverb looks incredible especially when it's got a preset called gong you're like (laughs) that's the kind of reverb that i want yeah that's Um, i'm excited by that in fact just looking through some of the things that are out there now it is mad how many reverbs there are that are doing that a similar sort of thing it's just there's there's a lot out there 
a yeah, while. Yeah, creative reverbs are definitely the you know the the new standard, which is very exciting. Very exciting for me. I'm I'm still I, I'm, my my shimmer of choice at the moment is still the neural DSP Corey Wong um, uh, shimmer that comes with the with the Corey Wong pack. Um, but you know, obviously that's because I I can just play <laughs> through my uh, you know through my door at home at the moment. But it's uh, but it is an an absolutely fantastic reverb to have as a as a backline to have. I, I hope Neural DSP put it in a box at some point. That would be good. Well, I guess they do with that big multi effects thing that they do. Yes, the quads cortex I guess yeah. will be the um, the thing that everyone's waiting to waiting to try. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, super keen to see what happens with that. But yeah, the quad cortex. I've seen a few demos that have come out recently, um, and I guess yeah, that will give you all of the all the plugins in in. Uh, in one oh exciting yeah that would be that would be grand although i do feel i'd only end up using the Corey wong stuff stuff as the the other ones are maybe a little bit too metal uh for me personally but the Corey wong one very very good very good indeed now matt we do we we absolutely must talk about the boss oc5 because i spoke about it a bit on bass guitar nerds this week because bass guitar nerds came out the friday after the thursday that the oc5 was launched but of course it wasn't only the oc5 that came out also boss released a pocket gt which was a product i don't think i even understood what it did so i need you to explain <laughs> that to me but also we should talk about the oc5 a little bit yeah let's talk about the oc5 first so um been working on this one for a while and uh i've been super excited i mean it was one of those pedals that i've used an oc2 for a long time as yeah. have many others as yeah. as do you joe um but actually the oc3 um has been a what I would class as one of our legacy pedals. I mean, the I can't believe it's been around for as long as it has. We spoke two, about this on the Bass Nerds podcast. Yeah, 2003, the yeah. OC5 came out. Yeah, uh, the OC3, OC3 came out. I remember um, getting my first one like at, when I went to university, you know, and being excited that there was like an OC2 I could afford in the OC3. Yeah, I think this is the interesting thing. So uh, to, a bit of a mini history lesson. So OC... OC2, which obviously wasn't the first ever octave pedal, but it was the first, I guess, boss octave pedal and kind of solidified the um, the kind of standard of, of octave pedal in 1984, um, which is pretty pretty mad, um, and has been a you know fan favorite for years. Oh, it, it what... came out in '84. That one. It did. Oh, yeah. so it, it, the one I bought from you was the first year of production. It was, yeah, oh, 84. So 84 all the way through to 2002, um, which is yeah, which obviously just mad, isn't it? Um, it's crazy. But yeah, monophonic uh, analog sound engine, um, you know, with a dry level and two sub-octave and then a, a dual sub-octave. And uh, then the OC3 came and we thought, oh, we'll put a bit of drive in there and we'll put this range control, which basically allows you to adjust the frequency range of where the uh, octave sound is effective. Um, So you could tune it. So just the E string or the E and A string, only they would have sound the octave effect. So that's great for, um, you know, if you're playing a chord and then you can have a bass note follow you. And then... Where the OC3 really took off from that was um, sort of modern acoustic players like Mike Dawes, John Gong. Yeah, I was going to say, Mike Dawes is is a big advocate of the OC3 for that reason. It allows them to do these big open acoustic chords but have this sort of huge ringing bass. Um, But of course, in the last 18 years, um, 
technology and other products have come along, things like the Micropog, um, you know, all of that sort of stuff. And we thought it was time that we could, especially after things like the SY1 and improving our tracking technology, we could do a whole new thing. Um, so we were like, we should, you know, appeal to as many different uses of our octave pedal history as possible. So, you know, we'll put the OC2 in there. It allows us to recreate the sort of the exact, not only the exact sound, but the exact feel of an OC2. Right. Uh, and I literally A-B'd them side by side in my ES8 and was like, cannot tell the difference. Um, they, you know, they responded the same way, which I think was great. But then we also wanted to make sure that we kept the polyphonic thing in there and improve it for people that are using things like the POG or other octave pedals. And then also improve the range control um, and adapt that. So now it's got a lowest note mode, which means no matter where you play on the neck, the lowest note will always trigger the octave effect. And to tie it all together, we added an octave up because that was one thing that we were also missing. So, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, well, you know, what about an an analog OC2 Waza. I think, you know, for me, personal opinion, that it would have just been expensive. You can still, we still made OC2 for 18 years. Um, if you think about uh, VB2W or DC2W, those pedals were made for a really short amount of time. They're super expensive in the secondhand market. And that was, the Waza was our chance to recreate that in a modern day where something like OC2 has been around in some way or another for over 30 years yeah um so we thought we'd bring it all together and for me the killer thing for me is the price i mean it's 122 pounds i think oh really i didn't Um, even realize that yeah so you know it's cheaper than a lot of the other competition oh you've you you've wrecked the secondhand value of my oc2 thanks very much (laughs) <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, um, so it's great if you want the OC2 vibe because it's got the the vintage mode, gives you the full on, you know, OC2 um, vibe. Plus, we can give you the octave up now, which is something you couldn't have on the OC2. A full polyphonic mode, which you know tracks amazingly well, loads of clarity. Plus, you've got the octave up. Um, and then we've got the the range mode that allows you to dial in where you want the octave effect to come in. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I I. Took, I sent one to Rabir because I knew that he's used a, a micro pog for oh, ages. His, his video is wonderful. And uh, I saw him last week and he was just like, it's incredible. He's like, sound and feel. He was like, I didn't realize how much I was missing out with, you know, other pedals. He was like, amazing. You know, because the range mode doesn't get in the way. You know, if you're playing big chords, you've just got a, a sub octave yeah. behind you rather than your whole chord being down an entire octave. Um, and you know, having the wet dry out so you can send it out to a bass amp and stuff. So I, I think you know, just a great pedal at a great price, and I'm so glad we sort of did it and still got to tell that sort of OC2 story, but bring a lot of the sort of modern stuff in there as well at a really competitive competitive price point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's that's kind of the cool thing. I didn't realize the price was quite that sort of aggressive and comparable to you know the Micropog, which I guess is the big. Uh, sort of octave up octava that's kind of dominated the market in in that sense the fact that you have access to all of those kind of a, a more transparent sounding version of a micropog plus an oc2 all in one box for 122 quid i guess yes that is cool i still wish it was an oc2w but that is you know just because yes. i yes i'm sure many others do as well yeah. but um i can i you know i can honestly say and i know you've 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 tried one as well joe but for me like a being it, i'm like 
it's, it's if you want to know it's the same yeah it's the same it's the same, it's the which same. which was very frustrating. Um, um, and we've optimized with a little bass switch on the back for low frequencies as well, which that's is quite really nice, good. So. Yeah, I can sw- you can switch between guitar and bass on a little flick switch on the on the top, which I thought was really good. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, it's definitely um, a fantastic product. And the other things, the Pocket GT, which yeah, you, you've explained to us a couple of times, like so in I, our private chats, and I've not understood what you meant. Okay, so I, maybe I'll uh, I, I'll pitch it a similar way to how I did it um, internally uh, in, within within Roland, and the way I, I kind of got a lot of people to think about it was most people play guitar because they're inspired by someone else. You know, it's like I want to play guitar because I love Jimi Hendrix or Slash or whoever, and a lot of these players now are using YouTube to. Um, to, to sort of learn and engage with content right? Um, because there's a million people, you know, guys like Justin Sandico, Martin Music, Paul Davids, Andy Guitar, you know, they're the four biggest tutors. They're putting out a video every day. I've got a million subscribers per channel, if not more. And all these people are like how to play like Jimi Hendrix or how to play it like this or how to play like that or how to play the blues or how it's, it's all online. And, you know, there's no better way than, sort of engaging with that with also playing along to backing tracks you know and there's great channels like elevated backing tracks that just give you a, a great you know proper band that you can play along to um, and i myself do the same thing you know if i'm just sort of going to jam around at home or i'm sort of like oh, i really need to learn this like one particular lick i'll just go rather than like back in the day when i first started playing guitar it's like ultimate guitar tabs it's like some shoddy like word typed out tab mxtabs.net yeah classic you know if i want to learn how to play um polymath you know i might go oh you know i'll just put how to play x you know i want to play the mars volta so i want to play the last <laughs> in the comatorium by mars volta no doubt someone on youtube has created a tutorial video on how to play that particular song and talks you through it bit by bit it's probably tabbed it out way more informative than than anything else but not only that you know oh here's how you dial in the sound or it should sound like this um and that's great but to do that and to really engage with it you need to ideally have um you're, you're either watching on your phone through headphones which means you've got no real way to play your guitar so you're playing guitar un- unplugged or you do what i do you've got a laptop and some stereo speakers but then you've still got to have an amp plugged in and a pedal board and then you know that's not exactly portable but it's also not exactly practical can't turn up the volume it's that and the other so we thought, why don't we make something that integrates all of the software side of stuff and all of the hard- hardware side into one box? So Pocket GT is a full multi-effects processor, but it's also, it pairs with a, an app over Bluetooth to give you uh, full control over YouTube content. So you can literally dial up a, uh, a video into the app. It streams audio to the pocket gt so guitar and headphones into the pocket gt and then you can play along all in one sort of like portable sort of little package um but it just means that all your guitar processing's there all your effects are there your amps you know everything you could want play along with the content brilliant but we thought since youtube has got a lot of other options we've also been able to add in a sound marker function which is 
the thing that I've been messing around with the most, which allows you to basically mark or, uh, video content for automatic sound changes. <laughs> so <laughs> quite often I'm like, you know, you know me, love a bit of Pink Floyd, but you can't exactly play David Gilmore clean for 15 minutes. You know, and if, if I'm sort of like, you know, if I haven't got my pedal board out of my amp, it's sort of a bit like, it's a bit uninspiring or you're stuck with one sound or you're trying to switch between apps to change sound. This just, you know, you can set all the sound changes you want and then the sound will just automatically change as you're playing. So it's great for actually yeah, being that's fantastic. way more engaged in it. Um, you know, transport controls on the front of the Pocket GT. You can edit all the sounds on the Pocket GT if you want. Um, it runs on battery, so it's nice and portable. So if you're taking it out and about or you travel quite a lot, maybe not so much now, but in the future, um, you know, so actually just for like all the time we used to get people come into, into GAC or, or, you know, when I was at Anthony's being like, oh, I'm sort of on the road all the time and I need a guitar and amp to play in the hotel room or whatever. And it's like, you don't even need that. You literally just need this and a guitar and a pair of headphones. Um, yeah. And I've, it's a similar idea to kind of things like the Waz Rare, but I've been having way more fun with this uh-huh. just because of the automatic sound change. Um, and actually for learning, it's got like A, B, so you can loop a section of a particular song, YouTube, and it will play around. You can learn over the top of it. That is very good. Um, so it's very know, practically thought out. Yeah, it's, um, it, I, I guess it's not aimed at the sort of necessarily maybe some of the, the hardened guitar nerds listeners who are into like having, oh, myself included, having like three amps and eight pedal boards and plugging it all in. Um, but I think for a lot of people who just sit and learn and engage with YouTube content or, you know, take, for example, a teacher, you know, we're starting to talk to teachers about, oh, you could do a specific Pocket GT lesson. It's like, you, and the, the, the student can have all of your sounds as well. So, you know, you could do a, play along to you know guns and roses and here's all the guns and roses sounds against this backing track so i think it's a great way to actually like learn tracks yeah way more than yeah reading you know uh ripofftabs.net um <laughs> and someone's typed a real shoddy one into 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 word in the wrong key um yeah you know and there's a bunch of other things you can use you can use it as a usb interface so if you're on the road and you want to record you can plug it straight into your computer and record straight into logic for example and stuff like that yeah this um it, this sounds really good but um, I've, I've just left it on my desktop just plugged in um i actually have it plugged into my mac and then i have the session player for all the youtube stuff on my mac and i'll just have a guitar and headphones plugged in yeah it's great very good really good fun very cool very usable well, you know, that's, uh, we're actually coming to the, the end. That's pretty much us done for this week's regular episode of the Guitar Nerds podcast. For the second week or maybe even third week in a row, I've failed to introduce the new patrons at the start of the episode. <laughs> so I must apologise to both Russell and to Abe Matthews, who have no, both... No, don't apologise. They've both joined us at the $10 tier. Okay, fine. Um, you can you should apologise twice. Really. Yeah, yeah. So, well, I mean, they, you know, their names are going to be sung in the song at the end of this podcast. But I do apologise for not introducing you both at the start. Oh, you did it twice. Good work. Yes, there you go. I did. Uh, I got it in. Wonderful. And uh, and also, it's it's approaching. We're approaching the end of the month uh, as well, which means we you know we'll be entering into October um, very soon, which means we'll be choosing um, a new charity um for guitar nerds to donate to for the month of october 
Um, of course, for this month, we've uh, donated to Girls Rock London. And I really must get into the habit, I think, of at the start, um, just talking a bit about uh, who we're um, donating to uh, each month. You know, a charity that we think is a good idea for you, dear listener, to get involved in, uh, if you can. Um, uh, Girls Rock London are a, a charity that you can check out on girlsrocklondon.com. Uh, and it's a music project for girls, women, trans and non-binary people in London. They run music projects uh, where participants learn about music making and performance. Their programs are aimed at complete beginners as well as experienced mu- musicians and provide a platform for girls, women, trans and non-binary people to find and develop their voices. Um a great little charity, which uh, uh, JD, uh, uh, who's part of the bass, guitar, one of the hosts of the Bass Guitar Nerds, is in, in fact, in, involved in. As his uh, his partner Daisy is um, is is one of the you know the heads of of this charity unit. And actually, I did a um, part four of the Home Recording podcast, which came out last week. Um, I was talking to uh, to Focusrite. Um, who are who also donate regularly to Girls Rock London um, to to you know help represent them and make sure they have all the equipment that they need to you know to continue all of the great things that they're doing. So yes, dear listener, check them out if you can. But n- I think next I can't remember when is this month over. Either next week or the week after, I'll be announcing. Our... Thirty days have September. Right. So we've I don't got know what whole... day is it. Oh, today's the twenty first. Does that mean it will still be this month next week? Yeah. Right. Okay. Fine. Okay. Good. Well, then it will be the week after uh, that we'll do that. But I'm going to try and get in the habit of just, you know, saying a a very brief thing about about the uh, the charity each week. Anyway, um, we're going to be continuing over on Patreon, where we're going to be taking questions from the Facebook group. We've got some great questions uh, this week about um, squires and PRSs and uh, and yeah, all sorts of other fun things. You can of course join us there. Uh, on patreon.com forward slash guitar notes with three tiers uh, of support that you can offer us on Patreon the $1, 5 and $10 tier at $1 you will get the podcast ad free and early each week at $5 uh, you will have that plus access to the entire back catalogue of additional episodes um, and at the $10 tier you get all of those things plus your name sung in a song at the end of each week's episode we're getting ever closer to the point where I'm going to change the song because I'm I've kind of run out of different funny voices to sing it in. Um, so yes, I, I need to kind of come up with a, a reinvention of that song at some point soon. Um, but yes, you can of course follow us on all the social media platforms with at Guitar Nerds and join us on our Facebook community with facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Guitar Nerds Forum. Thanks very much for tuning in and we'll be back next week with more of this guitar nerdery. Farewell. Cheers, gang. Bye. Russell, Christian, Abatai, Alan, Yogi, the guitarist, Modi, Modius, Kyle, Harris, Cloud, Lifter, Todd, Simons, Ridge, Creswell, Joe, Harper, Sean, Hughes, Michael, Howe, Brian, Hanson, Shane, M, Jeffrey, Wax, Eric, Hammer, Samuel, Frost, Brian, Einzler, Gavin, Vander, Linden, Jacob, McGee, Andy, Manley, Scott, Artig, Robert, Butterworth, Simon, Milburn, Marcus, Alcott, Wacky, Stewart, Robson, Neil, Milton, Christian, Lum, Hanson, Nick, Rivet, Keith Adams, Michael McVeigh, Eric File, Andrew Good, Joe Puddick, Marin Peters, Richard Sudworth, Jake Cutmore, Jamie Kim, Ken Sayers, Adrian Day, Abe, Matthew Zorn, Arbo John, Angan, Rob Group, Tucker Ramadan, and Annie Cooper, Ross 
Sir Edward Snape, Nagel, Stephen Burke, Aaron Sherman, Dave Lee, Matt Bellamy, Jay Gray, Scott Kennedy, Blake Wyland, Christopher Loseth, and Hans Ams, Derek Rich, Rob Norbert, Steve Merkel, and J.D. Shaw, Robin Smith, Brad Page, Andy McKenzie, Scott O'Brien, Paul Corrigan, and Will Clare. Yes, they're the best and they test All my knowledge podcast Like a porridge Is it Fender? Is it Boss? Is it Boutique? What's the cost? Can you spare ten dollar, ten dollar Spend it all the time Listening to guitar nerds On the podcast, it's sublime Can I get another glass of whiskey Filled up to the brim? Are you ready for the chorus? Guitar nerds are gonna Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.